0: Shalom and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher. This week's Parasha, which comes right after Hanukkah, is Parashat Miketz. Most years, uh, Miketz is sometime during Hanukkah. This year, it comes right after Hanukkah is over, and we find Yosef. Uh, in prison for another two years after the Savan after the chief wine steward has been released. I mean, he should have remembered Yosef. But we find Yosef still in, in prison two years later. Uh, and so the first part of the parasha uh, will trace the progress of Yosef from the depths of Egypt's prison uh, to become a ruler over Egypt. First, uh, we learn that Paro has dreams. Uh, his, he actually has two dreams. One dream is about very healthy looking cows arising from the Nile, followed by seven scrawny cows arising from the Nile. And the seven scrawny cows eat the seven healthy cows. And Haro wakes up, and he has another dream. And in it, uh, seven healthy-looking ears of grain uh, sprout from one stalk. And it is followed by seven very scrawny, wind-blown ears of grain that sprout afterwards. And once again, the scrawny ones, uh, in this case, the scrawny ears of grain, swallow up the healthy-looking ears of grain. grain, And uh, once again, Paro wakes and realizes that it's a dream. Paro is very disturbed by this, and so he assembles his various wise men. Uh, and sorcerers, and none of them is able to interpret the dream to Paro's satisfaction. And it's at this point that the chief wine steward remembers uh, Yosef. He says, I have committed a sin. I remember my sins, um, and I state them before Paro. And he retells to Paro what had happened uh, when he and the chief baker had dreams that disturbed them, and in the prison was a Hebrew uh, slave who was able to interpret the dreams accurately. Uh, point of fact, chief wine steward was restored to his position, and the chief baker was uh, was executed, just as Yosef had interpreted their respective dreams. And so Paro gives the order, and Yosef is hurriedly prepared uh, to appear before Paro shaved, his clothing is uh, is changed, and he's presented before Parol. And Parol tells Yosef his dreams. And Yosef, who has said that the interpretation of dreams uh, come from God, uh, so he's not taking personal credit, he's saying that God interprets the dreams, uh, perhaps God will help me interpret your dreams. And when Paro retells the dreams very vividly, uh, Yosef listens. And the first thing that Yosef says is that they're really one dream, which might have been what was bothering Paro all along, that uh, he felt that these two dreams were really one dream message. Uh, And it's also possible that the other interpreters uh, of Paro uh, interpreted them as separate dreams. But Yosef says they're really one dream and the message from God is that Egypt will have seven years of plenty and that will be followed by seven years of famine. And The years of famine will be so terrible that uh, the years of plenty will have been forgotten. Yosef goes on to say that Paro should appoint someone to collect the surplus food during the years of famine of plenty and, and then be in charge of Uh, selling, distributing the food during the years of uh, famine. And Paro uh, realizes that because Yosef is so gifted, he has this uh, insight from God, that uh, therefore Yosef is the best person for that job. And uh, therefore Paro appoints Yosef to this position. Yosef at the time is 30 years old. He gives Yosef a special name a title, Safanat Paneah, and he is uh, given a position second only to Paro. During the seven years of plenty, Yosef raises a family. Uh, he has a wife named Asanat, daughter of Potiphera, and he has. Uh, they have two children. The first one named Menashe. God has enabled me to forget uh, my earlier years of difficulty, and the second. Uh, son was called Ephraim, uh, God has uh, made me to be fruitful uh, in this land. And so the years of, uh, of plenty, Yosef supervises the uh, collection of, uh, of the surplus food. And then uh, afterwards, of course, during the years of famine, Uh, Yosef supervises the distribution of the food. The people come to Parol during the years of famine and say to Parol, give us food. And Parol's response to the people is, go to Yosef. And so uh, all of Egypt, and indeed the entire world, uh, comes to Egypt for food, because if Egypt, which is the most prosperous place in the, in, the, in the world at the time if Egypt is struck by a famine then really that must affect the whole uh, the whole world so everyone comes to Egypt and that means that everyone passes through uh, Yosef the second part of the parasha talks about how the brothers uh, come down to Egypt uh, in the uh, in the year of uh, famine uh, it's actually the second year of famine where Yaakov uh, notes that uh, there is food uh, available in, uh, in Egypt. And so he tells his sons, go down to Egypt uh, to buy food. Uh, and uh, they, they go down. Uh, Benjamin stays home. Benjamin, being the youngest, uh, stays with uh, Yaakov. And when Yosef Uh, who has changed over the years uh, much more than his brothers have changed. But he recognizes them, he recognizes his brothers, although they do not recognize him. Uh, He is much older now, so he has a beard, he's dressed like an Egyptian, he's speaking the Egyptian language, and uh, he levels an accusation at that. We'll talk more about this later, but his accusation is you are spies. And their defense is, uh, no, we are not spies. We are brothers. We were originally 12 brothers. One of them is still home with our father. And one of them is no longer. Of course, they're referring to Yosef. Yosef says that if you want me to believe you, uh, then uh, you pick one of your brothers uh, to go back. uh, Go back home. There is another brother that you claim. And uh, bring him. Then I'll believe you. And he puts them in jail for three days. And during those three days, they do not offer uh, one of their brothers to, uh, to go down separately from them. They, they do not offer one to endanger himself uh, by going separately. So after the three days, uh, Yosef says, Well, if you do plan to return to Egypt, they will have to do that because after all, um, they will have to come again in order to purchase food. If you do, uh, you must bring your youngest brother that you claim you have with you. And in the meanwhile, I will keep one of you uh, until you deter. The brothers speak among themselves. They must be speaking in Hebrew, uh, thinking that, Yosef know, doesn't understand. Of course, he does. And they say that the reason why we're suffering this way, is because of what we did to our brothers. So it seems that over the years they've come to realize uh, that they had treated Yosef unfairly. Uh, Ruvain says, uh, "I warned you, but you wouldn't listen." And Yosef uh, understands all of this, of course, and he is—he's uh, moved by it. He turns away and he cries, uh, but he doesn't want them to—to to notice his crying because uh, he wants to. Continue this uh, this ruse. Of course, the question is why, and we will discuss that uh, later. Uh, and so Yosef decides that the brother that's going to stay behind is uh, going to be Shimon, he has Shimon bound, uh, and he says uh, to, uh, to send the brothers away. But he says to his uh, servants, uh, fill their sacks with food. Um, because that's why they came to purchase food. Uh, therefore, they do claim to have families. There's no reason why their family should suffer, uh, but put their money back in their sacks. And uh, along the way, one of the brothers discovers that his money has been returned, and they don't understand why is Hashem doing this to us. Uh, eventually, the brothers do return to Yaakov, and they tell Yaakov what happened, um, which explains why Shimon is not with them. And now all of the brothers open their sacks and discover that, that all of them have had their money returned to them. And Yaakov uh, realizes that this is, this is not good. This is uh, a basis for a further accusation. And Yaakov says, all of these tragedies have befallen uh, me. Uh, they, they do point out that if they ever are ever to go back to Egypt, they will have to bring Benjamin. Yamin, Um, And Ruvain offers uh, to take care of Benjamin and he makes a very uh, outlandish uh, kind of an offer. He says, if I do not bring Benjamin back, you can kill my two sons. Yaakov does not even acknowledge that. Uh, But Yaakov does say at this point, you're not going down to Egypt. Uh, That's uh, that's it. In the uh, next part of the parasha, in the next part of the parasha, uh, the brothers do have to return to, uh, to Egypt. The famine is severe. Uh, they've eaten up the food that they took down before, uh, and they must go once again. And so Yaakov says, uh, go down once again to Egypt uh, and purchase food. And Huda uh, points out, that uh, we can't go down without Binyamin. Jacob accuses, uh, accuses them. and says, why have all these tra- tragedies uh, happened to me? why did you tell uh, the man in charge that you have another brother, Binyamin? The brothers claim, well, he asked. Uh, this time, uh, instead of Ruvain's very uh, odd offer, uh, Yehuda makes the offer that he will take personal responsibility for returning yameen safely, and he says, "I will take responsibility, and if I do not, then you will consider me a sinner and uh, punish me any way uh, you see fit." Is uh, more or less what he is offering, and he may be offering uh, to give up his place in the lam haba. at this point that Yaakov realized there's really no choice, he says take some gifts to uh, appease that man uh, and also take additional money to purchase the new food as well as the money that was returned, uh, returned to you. And Go down to Egypt and may Hashem give you compassion uh, before that man. So the brothers return to Egypt, uh, this time bringing Benyamin with them. When Yosef sees Benyamin among those who are coming to purchase food, he gives the order uh, to his uh, his servants to bring these brothers to my house. The brothers are afraid. What will be done to them when they come to Yosef's uh, house? So they stand outside the door, and they uh, engage. They talk to the chief of Yosef's household, and uh, they point out that we have, uh, we have returned, the, uh, returned the money that uh, we received last time. It must have been some sort of mistake. And we've also brought other money uh, to buy new food. And the chief says, do not fear. Your God has given this food, this money to you. Then he brings out Shimon and welcomes them all to Yosef's home. And now they really must go into Yosef's home. And finally, uh, in the middle of the day, Yosef returns home for uh, his, uh, his meal. Uh, Yosef asks about their father's welfare. How is he? Um, and he also blesses Benjamin and once again privately Yosef cries, the brothers all served a meal fit for a king. In the last part of the uh, parasha, uh, we find yet another test, another chapter of the test of the brothers, and the test of Yosef's cup. Yosef gives the order to the servants again, fill their sacks with food, return them their money, and also place my special cup in Benjamin's sack. And so uh, they take their leave of uh, Yosef. Then afterwards, Yosef gives the order uh, to his servants, follow them, accuse them of stealing my cup. Uh, When they're confronted with this accusation, they make the argument, look, we returned the money that was placed in our sacks, uh, say, by mistake. state. So of course, uh, we would never steal. We wouldn't outright steal. Uh, we show that we are honest by returning money that was given back to us unnecess- uh, unnecessarily. So certainly, we wouldn't steal something that has nothing to do with us. And their offer is, well, they must think that uh, the thief must be one of their servants. And so the thief will uh, will will punish will be punished. He will die, and, um, and and the rest of us will be slaves. They seem to be so confident that uh, that there's no uh, nobody guilty. Uh, the chief corrects them and says that the thief alone will be a slave. Uh, the rest of you will be free. And then the sacks are all examined, and of course the cup is discovered in Benjamin's sack. And they have nothing really that they can say. The brothers uh, tear their garments in mourning because it doesn't look like they'll be able to bring Benjamin back safely to uh, to Yaakov. And it's at this point they have no choice but to return to Yosef's home. And Yosef accuses them. Why did you... Uh, repay my kindness uh, by stealing. And Yehuda offers, we are all to be your slaves. Uh, Yosef concludes the parasha by saying, no, uh, only the thief will remain behind. The rest of you are free to return in peace to your father. And it will have to wait until next week to find out what happens next. But that that is the end of the parasha. Now let's uh, return to Yosef's accusation of his brothers. Yosef is the uh, vizier over the land of Egypt. He's the one who's in charge of distributing the food. Um, And his brothers come and bow before him. And he recognizes them, uh, although they don't recognize him. And he acts like a stranger towards them. Um, He speaks to them harshly. uh, Where could come from. They say from the land of Canaan to buy food. And uh, he recognizes his brothers, even though they don't recognize him. And he remembers his dreams, says the, the Torah. He remembers the dreams that he had dreamt with regard to them. And he says, You are spies. You've come here to uh, see the, uh, the nakedness of the land. In other words, you're here to spy out uh, the possibility of an attack their innocence. The question is, why does Yosef do this? Uh, The approach of the Ramban uh, to to this whole episode uh, is very special. The Ramban is of the opinion that Yosef regards his dreams as prophetic. Um, And therefore, the dreams, both dreams, must come true, even if that means that Yosef has to uh, so orchestrate events uh, to make sure they come true. Uh, when he saw the brothers uh, come down but Benjamin was not with them, uh, he decided upon a strategy to make it possible for all the brothers including Benjamin to, uh, to come down because that would fulfill the first dream and the first dream uh, that he had. Uh, all of the other sheaves which would include the sheaf of Binyamin, who was representing Binyamin himself, uh, were bowing to him. So he needed, in order to, for the dream to f- be fulfilled, he needed all of the brothers there to bow before him, and that would fulfill the first dream. Um, and that's why he doesn't tell them yet who he really is, because he wants to uh, give them a, a, an opportunity or create a scenario in which they would have to bring Binyamin after the fulfillment of the first dream, uh, he proceeds, when he sees being bow with all of them, uh, then uh, he, he wants to proceed to the, the second dream. And in the second dream, remember, uh, not only do the 11 stars bow before him, representing his 11 brothers, but also the sun and the moon bow before him, which means that his own father and his mother law his uh, surrogate mother at this point uh, that is no longer alive would bow before him and so he, the next phase uh, of Yosef bringing about the fulfillment of the second dream uh, was to eventually make it possible uh, for Yaakov to come down and Yosef must have been convinced that this is prophetic, it must be uh, allowed to, to come true because otherwise uh, Yosef would be fault uh, for committing such a great sin, namely bringing anguish to his father. Uh, first of all, separating Shimon, and then uh, requesting the, uh, the the bringing down of Benjamin. Yosef was completely convinced that these dreams were prophetic and they must come true in order to fulfill God's will. And even if Yosef might have wanted to cause some uh, anguish to his brothers, uh, Still, uh, he would not have had the right to cause anguish to his father unless this was God's uh, God's will. So he made the first accusation in order for them to bring down Benjamin, thus bringing about the fulfillment of the first dream. And then um, the, uh, he proceeded to try to bring about the fulfillment of the second dream. Because after all, after Yosef successfully interpreted Paro's dream, uh, for which it became clear that all of these dreams are going to come true, his own dreams as well as Paro's, uh, then it was absolutely uh, imperative that the, the dreams uh, be made to come true. This is the approach of uh, the Ramban to Yosef's behavior. He's not being vindictive. He's not seeking vengeance. He is orchestrating the matters uh, so that his dream would come true I thank you all for joining me in this uh, exploration of Parashat Miketz this has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights saying Shalom